Hi, it's Kid Bandit, the protagonist of professional wrestling, and you're watching the Three Crowd Podcast. Oh, definitely not watching Botchamania. Welcome to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Winter Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. And by now, you all should be saying it because, you know, we've done enough of these episodes, but say it with me, I am your Sherpa. That's right. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. And who's entering the ring today? Well... You can find them at DPW, AEW, LA Rumble, Santino Bros. You can find this person at Let's Wrestling Live. You can find them at Hit Club. You can find them at TPW, RPW, KOC, and supporting all your favorite indie wrestlers. They are the master of the Keyblades. They are the embodiment of anime. And if you get if you mess up, you're gonna find them in their notepad. It is Kid Bandit. That's a wonderful intro. I I could not match that. <laughs> Yo, I'm hyped because kind of before like I said it, like I'm a fan. I've been I've been watching your work uh, and just watching you tear up the scene, like whether you're in North Dakota, California, on the East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, down south, you just been all over the place and just destroying it. It's awesome. Yeah, I have been everywhere. <laughs> Crap. No, like, no wonder my body's like, what time zone are we at right now? <laughs> uh, no, I definitely, I can relate. Uh, like, when I was in the military, just going from, like, I remember one time I went from Hawaii to um, to Qatar. And it's it was like a 40-hour flight. And I was like, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, I... I genuinely had that like happen a couple of weeks ago where um I thought it was Monday but it was like Wednesday and I was like oh what the hell <laughs> Like being off one day is like that happens to some people being off by two days is like nah that's something wrong Well I think they say like normally when you change time zones it takes the body that how many ever time zones you switch it takes the body that many days to adjust so if it's like You've gone from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's typically about four days, and your body will get used to it. If you go from obviously East back to West, again, it goes back to that four day kind of like try to get everything balanced out. But I definitely, definitely understand because I remember even when I was coming back, uh, back home, um, I I took one flight from Minnesota to Hawaii. It was an eleven hour flight. And it took me a full week to get like my body registered back on schedule. I was like, I'm all sorts of messed up right now. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doing this. <laughs> you were in the 25th. No, so actually, it was Air Force, man. So a lot oh, of Air people, Force. Air yeah, Force. a lot of people think. A lot of people think that like because once you're like military, you're like oh, so you were either like Navy or Army. You're like no, 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 I was Air Force, and I was as at uh, it was Hickam. Now it's Joint Pearl Harbor Hickam, but yeah. I was yeah, in the uh, 425th in Alaska. Shout out. <laughs> So I was in a, a joint base too. It was Elmendorf and Richardson. I, I'm not even front like I'm not jealous because I was trying so hard 
to hop up to Alaska so many times. And every time I put in for a TDY, they're like, no, nah, you're not the guy we're sending. I'm like, why? I'm I was, uh, yeah, yeah, I feel you. I was, um, I was from Alaska. So being stationed back in Alaska was cool. Um, anyway, to answer your question, why, why, what does it take forever? I think it's because like, you know, you know, how it takes like three days for like the body to acclimatize to anything anyway, you know, like, you know, it takes two weeks for a routine to build. It takes, you know, I guess like time zones are kind of like the same way. I know for a fact it's taking longer than four days for me to adjust to this shit right now. Like, I am not. I woke up in the middle of the night last night. And I was like, oh, yeah, time for time for coffee. I looked at the time. It was like 2 a.m. I was like, no, not time for coffee. Go back. Go and hack back to sleep. <laughs> force that out. Force that. Force that body to get. Get all the sleep that you can so that you can readjust. Yep. Hey, so the question needs to be asked, who is Kid Bandit? Ah, uh, the most annoying fool in social media. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so, okay. Um, the person behind Kid Bandit is uh an introvert in the truest sense of the word i don't really like to go outside my i only really go outside to train or to work out you know or to go to class you know that's it um i have i i i uh don't like interacting with people um not because i hate people but because like i just you know i'm i'm very private the person that portray, uh, the uh, person that's Kid Bandit, on the other hand, is super extroverted, very, very savvy with social media, always on the move, always on the road. So there's that level of um, disconnect um, that I'm trying to balance between, you know, Kid Bandit and myself. Uh, I think to answer that question is just, um, it's weird because like... I. I think Kid Bandit got too big for me. It kind of grew out of my control. So now I have to like, now I'm kind of in this position where I'm like, oh crap, like I have to, I have to keep up with the demands that that's being faced of the character. But it's a, a lot of the stuff that they have to do, deal with goes against my nature. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's weird. It's weird talking about like the character I portray versus myself as two different entities. But like, I think I have to establish that because there are some differences between myself and the character I portrayed that not a lot of people notice. You know, and people don't realize that I, um, people don't realize that mentally and emotionally, it's very draining for me to just portray the character all the time. So you know, but I'm really good at Twitter. <laughs> so, so I get I get to portray the character twenty four seven, you know, and that's that's pretty cool. I think it is one of those things that I think a lot of people forget is that like they they see like their favorite person like either on TV or they see him like and regardless of where it is, right, acting or in a ring or you know in their favorite concert or whatever. But that there's there's barriers that have to be set that like you have to understand like like. Even though it says right here, Red Dog, like, listen, Cliff is is almost the same exact way. Like, although I am extroverted, like, I'm not as, like, high energy as what Red Dog is. Um, But 
there's a point where I'm like, hey, but these are these are moments right now where it's just it's just gonna be private. It's just me. Like I don't want to really talk to nobody. I want to see nobody. I just kind of want to just hang by myself or like with my family. I'm not really trying to put myself out there. And I can understand because like you put so much energy into things, and then by the end of the time when you want to take your time, people are like, hey, like I don't know. You want to come on my podcast and come talk to me about wrestling? And at that point, you're like, no, not really. I guess. <laughs> I love that you use that as the example. <laughs> I mean, I get it, though. And that's why, like, it was funny because we, we've been conversating behind the scenes and stuff. And that's why I was like, nah, dude. I was like, nah, just just relax. Take whatever time you want, whatever, you, whatever it is. Because... If anybody's gonna understand, it's gonna be someone else that's you know in the same level as you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember um, just meeting people backstage in AEW, and just like it was surprising when some of them are exactly the way they are on TV behind the scenes, with a little bit obviously like toned down versions. That I meet some of them that are like totally different from who they are you know, like, in camera. And I'm not going to name the names because I don't want to, like, ruin the magic for people, but, you know, like, <laughs> there's a there's an AEW heel right now, and they're very popular, you know, they're a, they're champion. But, like, behind the scenes, like, you know, they are, you would not be able to tell that they portray a bad person on TV, you know, so. So it's pretty cool. It's it's really cool to, to be privy to that kind of, um, it's like almost like a backstage pass, you know, um, and that's the fan in me, you know. And I think that's also an important aspect of myself that I haven't let go. Is I treat my time in the independence in all these locker rooms. I treat it like I'm I'm in some kind of backstage pass, like some VIP, you know, meet and greet kind of stuff. Even though, like, even though sometimes, like, I, I don't realize it, but I also am a big name now in independent wrestling. Out of nowhere, too. Like, I, I was like, what the hell? Like, I would have fans shaking when they meet me. And I'm like, what? Whoa. I'm not worthy of that. Like, I'm not that level, you know? Like, because I, I remember being that fan that would shake when I'm about to meet, like, my favorite wrestler, you know? So, so yeah, yeah, I, I, that's something I've realized that, you know, I, even though I don't, I have such a, a nature that goes against, like, what I do because I love this so much, I'm, I'm able to kind of adapt for it because I don't want to disappoint the people who look up to me, you know. So, um, but also, I, I like I said, I'm a fan. So backstage, if I see someone I like, I'm like, can I take a selfie with you? You know, like, you know, like I'm, I'm like I haven't asked anyone for an autograph yet. I'm close though. I, I came really close before. Yeah, I'm like this is really awkward for me to just come up to someone and ask them for an autograph. But you know what? It's, it's because like I, under, I I can I can relate, right? Um, it's. It's that it's like you said, right? It's that fantasy side you is that you've been watching this person for like years, and then you see that person in person, and you're like, "Holy cow!" Like, I don't think you understand. Like, this is amazing. Like, your heart's trying to not beat out of his chest, and 
in the meantime, you're like telling yourself in the back of your mind, like, keep it cool, keep it calm, like try to play it cool. And you think you look cool, like you're trying to keep it calm, but everybody else can see in your eyes. You're just like the kid in you just wants to explode and like go talk to everybody and just be like, can I, can I ask you a lot of questions? Can I get a selfie? Can I do this? Can I do that? And at that point, you're just kind of like, yeah, I just, I got to chill out. <laughs> yeah. I, you have to like fight yourself a bit and be like, yo, I don't think they want to, they have to deal with that during intermission. They don't want to deal with that backstage, you know? Right. Yeah. So one thing that I definitely, I wanted to talk to you about too, is because you, you kind of brought it up earlier. You said like the characters kind of got out of control, but one, the one thing that about, about yourself as well as the character is that you are becoming this leader in this community, right? An LGBTQI plus community, you're growing inside of it and it's growing and you're kind of like one of the new trailblazers for it. And how do you, how do you handle that? And how do you handle that pressure that is kind of being placed upon you without really trying to be placed upon you? I don't handle the pressure. I get high and then stay at home and then put it off for the next day. Uh, the, the, the serious answer to that is just, um, it's weird because I had to when when that got placed upon me. It was a lot of obviously, like like you said, I didn't. It's like I never asked for it. So now I'm put in this position of like, oh wow, I have to, I have to carry carry and conduct myself a certain way. I have to be perfect, you know. But I've had I've expressed that fear to people in the biz who who you know are more successful and the first thing like the the one consistent um trend from all their advice was they always they the people gravitated towards me because of who i was the personality i already had to muddy that by changing it up by carrying myself differently even even if it's subtle you know like the people will notice that it it it's almost as if I smear the genuine, um, the 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 parts of me that are genuine because I'm trying to be a celebrity, even though like they like me for the fact that I don't act like a celebrity, you know. So, so in order for me to maintain that, as weird as it sounds, the the real battle is just to stay true to myself, you know. And it's easier said than done because that's the the flip side of the coin is that like every everybody who gets famous always wants to say like oh i'm never gonna forget my roots i'm not um you know start from the bottom now we're here but we still remember where we're from and shit you know that's that's good and all and it's good to be cognizant of that but like you know i try really hard to be like that but there are moments where i i find myself like acting way too like with a big ego or with uh you know just 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 letting the fame get to my head and and i think that's just human nature that you know like even though even though i make a conscious attempt not to be like that you know man you can't help it sometimes you know like luxury is like one of the easiest temptations to get you know suckered into because it's like it's just good stuff you know, like, well, who am I to turn down, like, better comforts and shit? Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things. And I feel like because I, I got into the game, like, really, really old, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that sounds very wrong to say that way. But 
it is that mentality. And I think part of it too was like, because the military kind of like set that boundary to me was like, Hey man, like, don't forget where you're coming, where you're at. And like, make sure that you're, you're staying on track with the mission. And I think like I had a moment, I remember having this moment where I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, the fuck do I want to come do that for? I was like, I've already been like over at this place and I'm, I'm already working here. And then I got to think about, I was like, whole oh, I have to pump these brakes. Let me go do over there and have a discussion and, and, and do the thing that they're asking me to do because that opportunity might lead to something else and it might lead to something else. And uh, I really had to like, it, it was weird to have like that crazy ego check with myself and tell myself like, yo, like, chill out like you are nobody <laughs> like i had to think about what cm punk said when he was like uh when you're wrestling famous you're not really famous <laughs> absolutely it's like uh, main as far as like mainstream stardom people don't really know who you are you know like it's cool like i get recognized sometimes in public and I think it's cool. You know, I've been recognized in airports, bookstores and stuff. And that's, you know, but like if if the dude from Cobra Kai showed up, you know, like the uh, William Zabka, you know, like he shows up in the street. Everyone's going to be like turning their heads. Like, is that is that Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai? You know, like people will people will have that as a. As a wrestler, you don't have that. You're just like, oh, that's a wrestler, right? Right? You know, like, it's it's almost as if, like, because we still live in a day and age where people are like, oh, you watch wrestling? Isn't that, isn't that like, fake? You know, so, like, some people, like, they kind of have to, like, hide. It's like a guilty pleasure. Like, you know, it's almost as if you're in the closet as a wrestling fan, you know? Like, some people are, like, they're, like, proud wrestling fans. They have, like, the Bullet Club, like, hoodie and all that stuff. And they got, like, they're wearing, like, a Cody Rhodes t-shirt, Young Buck shirt, whatever. You know, they, they, if, if, if they're really, really into wrestling, they have a John Cena headband or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, like, but, like, some people are like that. And that's great, you know, because I, 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 if I, if I had the, if I left the house more, I probably would dress like that. I wear, I wear, I wear, um, just the other day, I was wearing a Rey Mysterio shirt to, like, the gym, you know, because, like, I was just, like, I'm a big wrestling fan. But some wrestling fans, they're in the closet about it. They're, like, yeah, online, they'll talk about wrestling. They'll be on these forums and, you know, maybe they're, they, they'll even do e-feds. But, like, in public, they're, like, wrestling? Is that, like? Well, is, is that like UFC? Yeah, I totally never seen it before. But like you know, they 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 totally know what wrestling is, but they act like they don't know because they want to be cool, you know. So that's the one question I love asking people. I'm like, did you ever watch wrestling? And then some people will say to they'll be like, yeah, I did back in elementary school and high school, but I don't watch it anymore. I'm like, you're still a fan. You just choose not to watch right now because you're like, that's not the cool thing. I have to grow up. I'm like, nah. Stay a wrestling fan. <laughs> I feel like the one part, too, it was just like that interview that uh, Chris Van Vliet was on recently where uh, they're having a discussion about um, wrestling. And the guy was like, you know, that's fake, right? I'm like, duh. We all know. We just all still enjoy it. Whether we're a fan or a worker, like, we still enjoyed what we're doing. And we don't hide that fact from it because we we don't care who wins or loses. We go to watch movies all the time. We don't. We didn't care about we cared so much about Thanos. We didn't know how many people were going to get snapped out of existence. And we went back and watched and we enjoyed the ride that we got put on with infinity war. So I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, it is what it is. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's a, that's a really good way to put it. It's like, yeah, no, nobody cared it. You know, like I remember, um, I saw, I saw Endgame twice. Yeah, I was just like, oh, it was a cool movie first time around, but second time around, I just want to watch it again just for this, you know, shits and giggles. You know, so it's like, yeah, I I know I know how it ends. You know, I I I know it's fake. You know that. Like there, they ain't no way that like Thanos is real because like he got like five chins, you know. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, true, so, but yeah, I'm still enjoying it. You know, I, I like it's it's an entertainment comfort for me, um, knowing that you know, like, hey, you know that scripted, right? Yeah, but like, I like the character. I like Ricochet doing flips. You know, I'm gonna watch Ricochet do flips. You know, so you know, I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Kenta kick people in the head. You know, like knee knee people in the head with the go to sleep. Well, I don't know. I just want. I, I why do you want to watch that? I don't know. You know, why why do you do drugs? <laughs> like, why why do you care what Wonder Woman does with her lasso? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like All we, of you, like, the funny thing is, is I'm still pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, right, that there's still those adults who are at home watching Dragon Ball with their hands in the air, still believing that they're giving power to Goku as he loads up for the Spirit Bomb. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> like, you're yeah, why are you still doing it? You know how it's going to end. <laughs> yeah, you, you know it's going to end with the episode just, like, skipping to the next one. They they actually finna fucking do the the, the Genki Dama until like five episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna, I gotta have your hand raised for like for, for forty minutes, my guy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I just never like. I love Dragon Ball. Right, it's like one of my favorite shows of like all time, and I've been watching this since I was like. God, man, like 90, 93, right? Like I watched Dragon Ball and I just rode the rest of the wave on. But I just laugh every time when I was watching Dragon Ball Z because I was like, yo, you, you mean to tell me Boo is just going to sit there and watch Goku load up the spear ball for like three episodes and just never attack? He's just watching. I'm like, come on. <laughs> In no real fight does that happen. I'm like, well, wait. Like, only person I could really believe at that was Cell when he's like, I'm going to give you guys two weeks to prepare, and then I'm going to beat all your asses. And I was like, see, that's confidence right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, his, that's his character trait. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a, the arrogance is the downfall, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It's like, I love how, I love how we are able, like, pe- certain people are able to suspend their disbelief for certain things. But, like, when it comes to wrestling, it's like, oh, that's so fake. It's like... <laughs> Really, because like you just saw Wonder, uh, you, you just saw Black Widow fight fifty well-trained assassins. <laughs> now she went out there and fought people in, in from space in Wakanda with nothing but glow sticks and two Glocks. And you're telling me, you're telling me that that Rey Mysterio, were, yeah, were doing all the acrobatic stuff that they do by themselves. There ain't no stunt person behind that mask. They can't just switch. There's no camera angle of hiding it. It's all fucking live. You're telling me that's that's too hard to believe versus Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson fighting aliens in Wakanda with blocks. While everybody else is struggling with like vibranium shit. 
but the Glocks, the Glocks, the Glocks work, right? The Glocks work. All right, cool. That's Back. the move. That's the move. Well, I tell people all the time, I was like, listen, like wrestling is the only entertainment, the only form of entertainment where fans get so invested into it, right? Imagine, imagine that you're on Broadway, right? It's the first time you're seeing Hamilton. Lin-Manuel Miranda comes out and starts rapping, right? And you just go, that's fake. Hamilton didn't rap, and he's not from Puerto Rico. Like, what? Like, why? Are, what? <laughs> like, why are you booing this man? <laughs> like, nah, I can't buy it. I can't buy it. Like, this this whole thing's like, it's not relevant right now. It's it's just unbelievable. Like, no, you sat down, you enjoyed the journey, and then you told your friends, "Hey, we gotta go watch Hamilton again." But nah, wrestling, nah, nah, it can't be. <laughs> like, that's the that's the funny ass thing about wrestling. It's like, you know, like what kind of like yeah, it's it's obviously fake. Just enjoy it, you know, like shit. Like, oh, Orange Cassidy kicks people with hands in their pockets. That's totally unbelievable. Yeah, but that's the point. Like <laughs> Like if if homeboy fought in the fight in the streets and they had their hands in their pocket, they better be like Floyd better levels of like bobbing and weaving because like they they finna get hit and their guard down, you know. Yep. But like sometimes I want to see someone with their hands in their pockets kick people. Yeah. You know? and, and and I get to do that with Orange Cassidy, like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I think it's cool, you know. Um, wrestling is uh. Like you said, like I absolutely agree. Like it's like the the only form of art where like you know like people would do that too, and you know why? Like you know, but it, it, I think it's and in my theory, it stems from the fact that we tried like the industry as a collective tried so hard to protect the business for so long. They tried really hard to take it too serious. It's like protect the biz. do make make sure they don't nobody knows it's fake. You know, and and then and now we live in twenty twenty two where you know, the the conception is like, hey, we're portraying this now as a performance art, you know, like, we're going to show everybody behind the scenes, you know, like, yeah, we can keep KFAB alive for certain specific people, but, like, other than that, like, you know, it's it's very difficult to, like, maintain it, because everybody everybody knows it's not real now. And that's okay, you know, everybody, it's, I think the shift... The shift of like watch us like beat the crap out of each other in a very like crazy way versus watch us beat the crap out of each other, but you know in the back of your mind it's all smokes and mirrors. So now the audience has shifted. It went from like people who are rabid and just want to see violence to people who are like, oh, how are they gonna make that look real? Oh, look, look, see, see right there. That's where they're like talking to each other. That's where they're trying to go around. So the audience has shifted to like people who appreciate the smoke and mirrors. They appreciate that, you know, which. Which has also created a very big dynamic shift of like, you know, the type of people who watch it. So now, if if you notice, there's a lot of like very progressive liberal people watching wrestling now because it's like it's being projected more as an art, you know. And yeah. I think that's a big chunk of my fan base is because like I embrace that this is performance art. It's more like you know. So I've had people who who aren't wrestlers. Well, aren't wrestling fans? They're not even like WWE fans, but they're fans of indie wrestling because of people like Effie, because of people like Warhorse, or people like me who they gravitated to the fact that like what we do is very punk rock and like 
it's all independent, you know, so we're just out here, we're, we're like, you know, like drag queens and kings, you know, but like with violence, and I think that's pretty dope because like, <laughs> because ultimately that's what it is, you know, so, so yeah, I, I, and even though, even though at the heart of things, it's not, that's not what it is, that's what it is, you know? Oh, no, 100%. But there are some real aspects to this, and I gotta know one. What's the worst bump you've taken? I took power bombs of concrete, and I called it. So <laughs> I, I, and there was like five people in the show, so I regretted it immediately after. I was like, why did I freaking call that? Um, <laughs> basically, what happened was I was wrestling someone in Los Angeles. You know, it was like it was an okay match. You didn't have to do anything crazy, but I remember like there was this fan that hated me, you know, because like I was a heel for the promotion that the building was on. But it's a totally different promotion. But I was like supposed to be a babyface, but they just kept booing me. And I was like, oh, yeah, nice, nice. Okay, so like here's what we'll do: we'll 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 fight in the crowd, and then right when we get in front of him, I want you to powerbomb me. And, and homeboy was like, what? It's like, yeah, I'll be fine. And this is like, what, like two months into my... Oh, this was like the, my first show after AEW Dark, right? So I kind of have like steam coming in behind me. So I was like, yeah, no, no, it'll be fun. I took the bomb. And it's not like they slammed me, you know, like the gimmick, the power bomb. But it was like, it was in concrete. And I was like, I remember taking it. And I was like, why the hell would I do that? <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. Because like, you know, like you have adrenaline, you'll be fine. But I remember after the match, I was like, I walked. I w- walked up to my friend. I was like, "I just called a power bomb on the floor. I didn't need to do that. Like, he could have just chopped me in front of the fan. That would have been fine, you know. Like, there's like five people. Nope, nobody filmed it, you know. So like, the only footage I have from it was like from like someone like posting it on their story on Instagram and tagging me. So I had to like screen record that. So I have proof. Yeah, I took a power bomb on the floor for no reason. But yeah, you know, I, you know, and it's funny too because like. Like last, like two weeks ago, I did like a, I did a spiral tap from like this, like a stage through the floor in like the glass house, and I thought that was sick. You know, it didn't feel a thing, and I remember thinking to myself, like if 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 the person I did that to didn't catch me, it would have felt exactly like the power bomb on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so I, I love asking that question because like then I get to learn lessons of things like I'm not willing to do. Like, uh, yeah, I'm never, I could not imagine a time and period where I'm just like, you know what? A powerbomb on the concrete sounds like a good thing to call right now. Just go ahead, hit me with it and see what happens. On the fly, on the fly. On the fly. No, oh, no. No reason. No, like, like we already had, we, we, they already powerbomb me on the apron. I was like, do it on the apron and then do it on the floor. Why not? Let's go. <laughs> we'll get these people to talk about it. They can really boo me afterwards. Yeah, all, all five of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh man uh so let me ask what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn being in the business uh just knowing that that you can walk away from it you know Mm. like you don't have to always be in wrestling mode in fact that's unhealthy because then like first like first you get tunnel vision you're like it's hard to think outside the box when you spend all your time in the box you know um, second, like you realize it, the lo- the longer you spend your time in something, the m- the faster you find out it's not all sunshines and rainbows. You know, sometimes you get hate. You know, I got a lot of hate, but you know, while being able being able to like just kind of put my phone down, and be like, all right, I'm walking away from it. You know, 
man, for, for for even like two hours, three hours. Like that's a that's a hard lesson to learn, especially like it, it, especially in a, in an industry where you're trying to you use va- vanity to progress your career. You want to be like, oh, I want to get famous, therefore I have to like market myself all the time. And when you market yourself, you want to like see everything about you, like everybody's talking about you, what, what people are saying, you know. Yeah. 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 I can. I can say. I can say. There's even like, it. It is a constant thing where you're looking at yourself and you're, like, cause I. I find myself at times being like my harshest critic, like all the time, and I have to remember, like, sometimes I just gotta pull myself out of that whole entire environment. Uh, and, and look, cause you know, you look at, you know, oh, you know, I can make my arms a little bigger. Or I can make them a little bit more defined, or maybe I can make myself look a little like, you know, look, lose a little bit of weight and make myself look a little skinnier and maybe a little bit more fit. And you're always judging yourself. And then you watch your matches and you're just like, could have done that better. Could have done this better. And then you put out those videos and you're like, mm, could have edited that better. And I find myself like all the time, like trying to be perfect. That's something that I'm not even perfect at. And I'm like, yo, like that's that's such a crazy lesson to learn that you that you sometimes you just got to put it down, and walk away, because like otherwise you're gonna obsess and you're gonna drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Um. Well, I have an acting coach that I just because uh, I'm t- learning how to act right now, and uh, you know, like it's one of those things where like they they taught me. Being too hypercritical of yourself is not a good way to learn because you'll just end up hating your art. Um, it's important to just understand that once you commit to something and it already happened, it's out of your hands. Yeah, you can try to spin the narrative as much as you want, but like it's out of your hands. And there's something liberating about that, you know. There's something liberating about like, oh, I did this move. I don't know if I landed it, but like I felt something. But like, you know, maybe the camera angle didn't catch it. Maybe it looks like a bodge. I don't know. <laughs> but it's out of my hands. Mm. It is out of my hands. You know, I I did a DPW and I springboarded and I ate shit. And the first thing I did was get up and just like get mad. I was like, fuck! And <laughs> started wailing on people. You know. But it's out of my hands at that point. You know, the, the fans like that. They actually like that better. Apparently, like, according to, like, Johnny, like, the, the crowd went wild when they botched it, got up and said, no. And then they just started wailing. You know, like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, that's not something I want to be known for. Just, like, being a botchy wrestler. But, like, something about, like, just understanding that, you know, I could spend my time being too hypercritical of myself and just like hating on the work I do and, you know, and not really, not even learning from it. Cause now you're just going to end up like, Oh, I'm so terrible. Oh, I'm so terrible. You know? Yeah. Or you could approach it in a way that's like, look, it's out of my hands. What can I do to improve it next time? Even, even if you, even if everything went perfect, you know, cause like, that's the beautiful thing about wrestling is it's like nothing will ever be perfect. Like your best match, like, your best match today, you, if you look back on it, like, two years later, you're like, wow, that was crap. You know? <laughs> like, I had a I had a 30-minute match with Yuya, Yuya Yamura, who everybody said, who saw it live, everybody saw it in, in video, said that it was dope. Because like, we were doing technical wrestling. We were doing everything. It was like a straight-up New Japan Tokyo Dome match. And I remember thinking to myself, 
that was cool. But all after watching it, I was like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. But like, what do we do wrestling for? It's for the fans. The fans liked it. So at yeah. that point, there was no need for me to go in there and be like hypercritical. Like, obviously, I do it. I do it. Be, like, I think I do it because like I want to be perfect when it comes to like the craft. Because like, you know, we're all wrestlers. We want to be good at wrestling, you know. But like, oh, like the, some of the most entertaining wrestlers of all time didn't do anything like technical. <laughs> I'm sure they could, but like, I ain't never seen John Cena bust out like a freaking you know. Like Zack Sabre Jr. submission or anything, <laughs> but they're like one of the most successful wrestlers on the world. John, uh, Rock, The Rock never did any, you know. You know, Stone Cold actually used to be the a uh, very technically savvy wrestler, and then they didn't hit their like big spurt of popularity until they decided I'm just gonna drink beer and stun people, you know. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. I think. So you mentioned about the move that you botched, right? And you got up and you started like wailing on people. And I think it goes back to like it goes back to something you said at the beginning, right? Is that um it was it was just like a genuine moment and people got to relate to you because they, you know, people appreciate the craft and they understand that like you might have they might have thought you messed up, but that you popped up and you had this genuine moment and people can relate, like, yes, because when I mess up, I get frustrated. I want to punch things too, only Kid can do it, and I cannot punch my boss in the face. <laughs> ah, look at me messing up my cool flip. Let me punch them all. <laughs> Let me just go punch them all. All right. Uh, one final question before we jump into the second best segment of this podcast. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to up-and-coming wrestlers? Um, the practical advice is to invest in bath salts. Uh, you'll, you will be sore. Um, tra- trampoline parks are your friends. Don't, don't, you know, like it, the, the, the fear of falling on your back or, or on your face, you can eliminate that by doing it gra- gradually. Don't do it on grass. Grass actually hurts. You know, um, um, obviously also like don't do any like don't just because you could do like a crazy flip now doesn't mean that you should be doing it in wrestling yet because you want to escalate to the thing the cool things you know um yeah yeah um emotionally the the journey is very taxing and stressful it's easier if you can make friends along the way uh when you figure it out, you start picking things up. It's important to carry yourself with humility because one, there's always going to be a wrestler that's better than you. Two, well, like the, it, you don't ever want to burn your bridge on the way to the top. And if you start doing that at like the infancy of your career, you're going to end up like carrying that habit like the longer you do this. But if you start off just like you know trying to trying to create and cultivate the connection you have with everybody, then that will pay off in the end because like by the time you're a big name, you're still doing the same thing. You're still, you're still treating the little guy the same as you would like treat the big fish and you, it it will just benefit you because like as weird as it sounds like the key to success isn't your wrestling. It can be. 
if you're really good at it, it can be. The key to success is the people you know, because this is a showbiz industry. We we all know of really, really good actors who never really made it because, you know, they don't know the right people, never they never landed the right role, whatever. But everybody appreciates, like, them when they, you know, they're, but they're never the leading person, you know. And that might end up becoming you, you know. We great wrestling, don't know the right people, never got the right eyes on them, never made it big. Conversely, you have someone like Chris Pratt, who really only portrays, like, one role. It's like the goofy, doofy, you know, kind of person. But they're a big name now because they landed Guardians of the Galaxy. Actually, they landed Parks and Rec. You know, or, or Robert Dowry Jr., who at the time was struggling with sobriety and addiction and all that stuff. And they landed Iron Man, you know, because they knew the right people. Right. You know, so the business is all a timing and luck industry. Uh, I can attest to that. Because the timing for me and the luck and the viral you know, stuff worked out in my favor. And I ro- rode that lightning to to the point where I'm at today. Others, you know, like... I, I guess, like, to wrap, it, to wrap this up, because it's, like, really hard to get to the point without, like, spending, like, a really long time, like, elaborating on it. It's, like, when the, when the opportunity comes that for you to get your name out there... You have to approach that with the right mindset and attitude. And if your attitude is like destructive, if it's arrogant, if it's cocky, then that's what everybody will know you from. Because that was your big break and that's what you did during your big break. But if you you come out your big break with the right attitude, that's what everybody will remember you for. You know? And Fast. sometimes you only get one big break. So make it count. Got to count. I like that. I like that. That's that's really that's really nice. I really like, I appreciate that. All right, we got to hop into the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast. Probably wondering to yourself, what's the first? It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But this is the Three Count Podcast 10 Count Questions. Kid, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions that you rabbit fast and uh, whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Okay. All right, we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Oh, crack. Oh, here we go. And here we Go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite movie? Wanted. Let's go. I like that. Curving bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I Morgan Freeman. Somebody yeah, yeah, Shoot yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> Sonic or Mario? Mario. Favorite cartoon? Cartoon or anime? Just cartoon? Uh, actually, we're going to go, we'll go with cartoon. Cartoon, uh, uh, Green Adventures of Billy Mandy. Okay, I love that. I love that show. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? P- uh, PlayStation. Now, favorite anime? <laughs> uh, favorite anime? Uh, loaded question of all time. Trigun. Yeah, like it. Android or Apple? Apple. Favorite podcast. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I, they're not twisting my arm to say that <laughs> just because I work for them. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever passes, whatever passes. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. 
Oh, bet. All right. Uh, uh, Serpentico. Bet. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this podcast. Favorite curse word. Oh. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good one. It's a good one to pick. It's not as aggressive as the F word, but it's like, you know, it's enough to get your point across that you're exasperated. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, multi, multiversal. Multiversal. Very. Even though, even though it stands for poop. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, those are all my questions that I have. The only thing I have left is, Kay, can you let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you? I am in all forms of social media as Kid Bandit Pro. Uh, That's with two Ds. Um, The uh, Twitter is where I post my thoughts. Uh, Instagram is where I look like a thought, and (laughs) TikTok is where I act like a thought. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, I love it. <laughs> oh, but Kid gave you all of his handle. They gave you all of their all stuff you can find. I think you're on Pro Wrestling Tees too, right? Mm-hmm. So there you go. All the handles, all the love, show support. Y'all know what that means. But like every great part of a wrestling match. We got to take this home because this is the three count podcast presents now entering. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And you see them right there. Kid Bandit, the Kauai one themselves here with us on the three count podcast and tune into the next episode and be there or you're subscribing to this channel you're liking this video you're commenting you're going on all of our social media platforms you're liking that you're following us there and then you're uh you know telling your friends about us or you're just waiting for this episode to end you're waiting for the outro and then you're choosing another episode to listen to peace What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn the notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the 3Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the 3Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the 3Count Pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So... Show us some support, please.